Hello, beautiful people. You are listening to the voice of David Odejai. I'm the host of the Half Court Hustle, the basketball podcast bringing you the very best of basketball news and analysis. As always, we've got a lot to get through, but before we get started, hit me up on Instagram and on Twitter using the handle at Half Court Hustle. You agree with what I'm saying? You disagree with what I'm saying? Let me know, drop a comment, and we can have a conversation about it. Let's talk, people. Let's talk. All right, so starting out with the game of the week, we've got the Milwaukee Bucks going to visit the Utah Jazz in Salt Lake City. Now, the reason I picked this game is that both teams have started off well. The Jazz were riding high off a big week over the Philadelphia 76ers. And Giannis Antetokounmpo has been absolutely monstrous to start this season, putting up historic numbers in his first few games. So this promised to be a clash of the Titans. And people, let me tell you, this game did not disappoint at all. The Jazz walked away with a 103-100 to victory over the Bucks, despite almost choking up a 20-point first-half lead. The Jazz did their very best to throw this game away at the end of the fourth quarter, but they managed to hold on after some spectacular play and clutch scoring by Bojan Bogdanovic. Heroes of the box score. I've just mentioned this guy, Bojan. Take a bow. Bogdanovic put on a clinic, scoring 33 points on 50% shooting from the three-point line, perfect from the free throw line, And not to mention, he also hit the game-winning walk-off three to seal the deal. He was by far and away the best player that the Utah Jazz had on the floor that evening. Yannis Antetokounmpo had a pretty bad start to the game, but then he managed to turn it on in the second half, putting up 30 points, 13 rebounds, 4 assists, 2 steals, and 2 blocks. So that guy is continuing to break the box score on a nightly basis. He continues his amazing play. Mike Conley put up 20 points in what was a breakout performance for him. He's not had the best of starts to the season, so it's pretty good to see him come out and show out for his new team. He lit it up from the three-point line, and to be honest, he was one of the main reasons the Jazz were able to put their foot on the Bucks' necks in the first half of this game. Chris Middleton, despite a disappointing end to this night, and I'll come on to that in a second, he put up some good scoring numbers, adding 26 points in this box losing effort. Eric Bledsoe also had a solid evening, adding 22 to the mix, and he was a big reason why the Bucks were almost able to come back and steal this game from, from the Utah Jazz. Now for our game summary. The Jazz absolutely beat the brakes off Milwaukee to start this game. Their defense was just stifling and it didn't matter what Giannis tried to do. He just wasn't able to get to the rim in the same way that he usually does. He wasn't able to find his teammates in good positions. And it wasn't just Rudy Gobert at the rim. Uh, Royce O'Neal, was guarding Giannis for long stretches of time and did a really good job, especially in the first and second quarter. And the Jazz were just switching defenders onto Giannis and almost sort of throwing up a wall. Every time he'd try and get a a look at the basket or open up a driving lane, he had two or three white shirts in front of him and that really seemed to rattle him. 
in the early going. He had a miserable start to the game. Zero field goals and two points in the first quarter, and it didn't get any better in the second either. The Jazz were absolutely rolling on the offensive side of the ball, and this was without Donovan Mitchell being much of a scoring threat. He didn't really perform well in the first bit of the game, but they were held up by Bojan, who was on fire in the first quarter, and Mike Conley, who hit a barrage of three-pointers in the second quarter as well. The Jazz ball movement was just clicking. The ball was whizzing around. They were finding each other for um, for three. And let me tell you, the, the addition of Mike Conley is definitely, I think this is the first game we've seen of the Utah Jazz this season where the addition of Mike Conley has really shown its value because there were several possessions where Donovan Mitchell would try and make a move and get caught. He'd find Conley in the corner for a three-pointer and Conley would just nail it. That's not something that would have happened with Ricky Rubio on the floor. So Conley, very much an upgrade in that position and it really showed tonight. Milwaukee just couldn't buy a bucket in that first half. They had a 35-point half, which was putrid. So the Jazz went into the locker room at halftime sporting a 20-point lead over the Bucks. But by the time the third quarter rolled around, let me tell you, it was like the teams had swapped jerseys. Milwaukee came out with a vengeance. I don't know what Giannis Antetokounmpo ate or drank in that locker room. He must have slept himself and, 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 and told himself to wake up because he came out looking like a very different player. He was aggressive. He put pressure on the rim. He was finding teammates for open three-pointers. He became the Giannis that we've gotten used to seeing and loving over the past couple of seasons. Uh, and the Jazz just came out really cold to start the third quarter. Uh, and they couldn't they couldn't buy a bucket to save their lives. And really, outside of some big play by Bojan Bogdanovic, they had nothing going for them. And the Bucks, the, the defensive intensity for the Jazz disappeared as well. And Milwaukee dropped a 39-point quarter. The Jazz had a seven-point lead going into the all-important fourth quarter. Giannis continued his scoring outburst, as did Chris Middleton in the fourth. And the Bucks slowly chipped away at the Jazz and took the lead for the first time in the game with five minutes left on the clock. The Jazz weren't done yet, though because following some nice sharp shooting by Donovan Mitchell and Royce O'Neal, they managed to open up an eight-point lead with two minutes left to go. The Jazz seemingly in a commanding position. They just need to close this one out, right? With less than two minutes to go, Bledsoe drives to the hoop pretty much unmolested to cut the lead to six points. The Jazz come back and Rudy Gobert goes for an insane dunk over Giannis Antetokounmpo. Uh, Giannis fouls Gobert and has to leave because that was number six. So he's on the bench. He's fouled out of the game. The Jazz are up by six. 90 seconds to go. Surely, surely they can close this one out. Rudy Gobert, sadly and predictably, misses both free throws. And then Eric Bledsoe races back down the court for another uncontested layup. The lead is now four. Donovan Mitchell brings the ball up the court to slow the game down and eat up some clock. But he's doubled by Kyle Corver and George Hill near the halfway line. 
He falls to the ground, loses the ball, and Milwaukee managed to force a jump ball. George Hill wins the tip, and Sterling Brown drives to the hoop for another uncontested layup. The Utah Jazz are the second best defense in the league. There's less than a minute to go in this game, and they give up six points on three uncontested layups. Mental. So now, up two with eight seconds left on the clock. The Jazz looking to to close this one out. They find Bojan Bogdanovic, who gets a good look at a three-pointer, but misses. And to make things even worse, Rudy Gobert fouls Chris Middleton, of all people, under the basket. The Jazz are in the penalty, so Middleton goes to the line, hits his two three-throws, cold as ice. The game is tied. The Jazz have the ball. Uh, Donovan Mitchell brings it up the court with a chance to win the game. He drives to the basket, but then has the ball stripped by George Hill. And in case you're not keeping score at home, that's two turnovers, three uncontested layups, a foul and zero points in two minutes. So momentum has absolutely shifted and the Utah crowd are silent. They can't believe what they are seeing. They're in shock. But just in case things weren't crazy enough, Chris Middleton has a chance to win the game for the Bucs and steal one. He gets a good look at the basket from the three-point line in the right corner, but he sees Rudy Gobert running at him to try and contest the three-point shot. I don't know what was going through Chris Middleton's head, but he got spooked, jumped up, landed with the ball in his hands. An obvious travel, so the Milwaukee Bucks give the ball up with 1.3 seconds left on the clock and the Jazz have another chance to try and seal this one. With 1.3 seconds left on the clock, Rudy Gobert fakes a screen to Bojan Bogdanovic, who runs away from the screen, catches Chris Middleton asleep for a fraction of a second. Bojan sprints to the corner, turns around and nails a beauty of a three-point shot. Game over. Good night, Milwaukee. What an insane finish to that game and well-deserved given just how well Bojan had been playing up to that point. All right, so yeah, game of the week was a doozy. But now for some quick around the association news where I take a quick look at what has been happening in the NBA this week. John Collins of the Atlanta Hawks was handed a 25-game suspension after testing positive for a banned substance. I don't know what's in the water in the NBA at the moment other than PEDs, but it seems like players are getting banned left and right. John Collins is the third player this season after Wilson Chandler and DeAndre Ayton to be banned uh, or disciplined following being caught with a banned substance in his system. This is the first time in a long time that more than two players in the NBA have been caught for banned substances. And we're we're not even 10 games into the season. But this is a shame for the Atlanta Hawks because, you know, this was a team, young team, full of potential. Trey Young coming back from injury. Definitely a team that was looking like a dark horse playoff contender. And John Collins was a big part of that. He'd been playing really well, you know, almost putting up 20 and 10. Losing him is not going to be easy for the Hawks, but hey, you know, 
The rules of the game are fairly simple. You're a professional athlete. You need to know what you're putting into your body. LeBron James continues to smash things on the basketball court. He put up 30 points, 10 rebounds and 11 assists against the Chicago Bulls, making that his third triple-double in a row. And the Lakers are absolutely rolling right now. They have the best defense in the league as well. Uh, not to mention the best net rating. It's still early, of course. It's not even been 10 games, but the Lakers are absolutely looking like the powerhouse of the Western Conference right now. Speaking of LA, there has been some controversy with the other team in Los Angeles. Kawhi Leonard set out in the Clippers' loss to the Milwaukee Bucks on Wednesday night. That was a nationally televised game but then returned to play on Thursday to absolutely murder the Portland Trailblazers in the fourth quarter. The league supposedly accepted the Clippers' explanation for Kawhi not playing on Wednesday, which was that he was managing a knee injury. The plot thickened once the NBA decided to find the Clippers team because Doc Rivers had supposedly said to the media that Kawhi feels great. You can't be saying things to the NBA in one breath and then tell on yourself to the media in another breath. That's not very sensible. None of this load management stuff is new, not for Kawhi anyway. He set out about a quarter of the season last year in Toronto. And of course, I don't think anybody up north is complaining given that, you know, Kawhi came into the playoffs looking fresh and won a championship out of all of it. But... That is a definite dilemma for the league because from a business standpoint, obviously, it's not acceptable for your marquee stars to decide that, well, listen, this game isn't important enough for me to take the floor. The Clippers and the Bucks, that's one of the biggest regular season games of the year. The Arguably one of the best teams in the Eastern Conference facing off against one of the favorites in the Western Conference. And it's just a bad look for the NBA if your key players are just like, you know what, I'm just going to sit this one out. I'm just going to sit this one out. It's not good for business. It's not good for the fans. Either fans at home who are looking forward to, you know, they've circled a, a fixture because they're looking forward to seeing some of the best players face off against each other. And certainly not for the fans who pay hundreds of dollars to turn up to an arena with their family only to find out that such and such is sitting down because they are managing their managing their load, managing the minutes, call it whatever you want to call it. And look, none of these shenanigans are new exactly. Um, the Spurs used to get fined for this back in the day when they would rest their big three. But that usually happened late in the season once all of the playoff seeding had been determined, etc, etc. For it to happen this early in the year and this blatantly, especially for a nationally televised game, that's a real bad look. It's a real bad look. And that's not a knock on Kawhi. That's not a knock on the players. The 82-game season is long and grueling and brutal. And I think the NBA has done a lot of work to ease the schedule. I know that there are fewer back-to-back games. Uh, there are fewer situations where teams have to play four games in five nights. All of that kind of thing. But, you know, if this is something that becomes or continues to be an issue, it might be time for the NBA to start looking at its golden calf. And what I mean by that is 
is it time for the 82-game season to be shortened? Hmm. Anyway, that is it from me. It's been a pleasure talking to you about the events of this week. I'm going to be taking a hiatus for next week's episode. Normal service will resume on the 24th of November, so I'll be back then. But until next time, see you later.